The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase item of the Week. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, so shop now with BubbleGenius.com and pick up their Fresh Pick Suds Flower Soap Gift Pack. A selection of pretty flower soaps and a host of delicate floral scents, and you can carry your flower soaps with you in an adorable little reusable vinyl bag. Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez, that's B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Obama! Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up. Never surrender. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. America, I believe we can build on the progress we've made and continue to fight for new jobs and new opportunity and new security for the middle class. I believe we can keep the promise of our founding, the idea that if you're willing to work hard, it doesn't matter who you are, or where you come from, or what you look like, or where you love. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white, or Hispanic, or Asian, or Native American, or young, or old, or rich, or poor, able, disabled, gay, or straight. You can make it here in America if you're willing to try. I believe we can seize this future together. Because we are not as divided as our politics suggest. We're not as cynical as the pundits believe. We are greater than the sum of our individual ambitions. And we remain more than a collection of red states and blue states. We are and forever will be the United States of America. And together, with your help and God's grace, we will continue our journey forward and remind the world just why it is that we live in the greatest nation on earth. Thank you, America. God bless you. God bless these United States. Wrong. The best music on the best station. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Uh, now, Biff. It is Tuesday, January 10, 2017, and this is the Bob and Chez Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I have Bob Seska, that is Chez Pazienza, sitting right over there. China. Oh, hi. Wait, I got to turn on your microphone. Uh, crap. See? There we go. Hi. Hi. There you are. All right. Uh, now, Biff. <laughs> so I've taken to uh, every time I respond to Donald Trump's tweets, yeah. <laughs> which have now just been obscenity-laden tirades. And like, every yeah, time he tweets yeah, something, I'm just like, I don't, F- you. Yeah, I don't have anything in terms of uh, I know. of of trying to make things funny anymore. I'm uh-huh. just I'm just pissed. <laughs> Me too. And uh, I've also started out my replies to Donald Trump's tweets with this. Now, Biff, don't con me. <laughs> He's referring to him as Biff That's directly. Nice. Like, now, Biff, lay off of Meryl Streep now, why don't you? Just completely condescending to him as Biff Tannen from Back to the Future. Oh, God. Uh, now, Biff. 
All right, uh, we got a uh, colossal show here today. Uh, we are brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Get free legal advice at thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chess or click the link on the podcast page. Uh, yeah, like I said, lots to talk about today. It's uh, the Trump crisis day 73. I was glad yeah. to see uh, who was it yesterday. Someone on uh, someone important on cable news last night was also referring to the Trump presidency as a crisis, and I really believe it is. Oh, it is. Of course it is. So let's see, what do we got going on right now? I like everything's happening at the same time. Jeff Sessions uh, is in uh, the Senate right now, being confirmed, probably confirmed as the next Attorney General. Yeah, <laughs> a hardcore Christian lunatic. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, certainly not a lunatic like Trump, an old school Republican lunatic. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yes, someone, uh, you know, he's the kind of guy who I wouldn't despise if it weren't for the fact that the job that he's going out for will basically put him in charge of <laughs> make him a, make him the, the nation's biggest police officer. Yeah. Does, does anyone believe that Jeff Sessions will actually do like will jeff sessions enforce the voting rights act i mean this is like a perfect storm i mean i don't know i see this coming down main street we've had how many uh years of republicans passing voter id laws and doing voter purges i mean basically you can make an argument that the 2016 election was entirely hinged upon striking democratic voters off of the voter rolls just making sure they just can't vote now, do you think that Jeff Sessions, as Attorney General, will try to enforce voting rights in the states? No, of course not. No. no, he's someone who's he's someone who's anti-immigrant. He's anti-gay and lesbian. He's anti. Um, you know, he's just he's somebody who who adheres self-righteously to you know he's somebody who's named after Jeff Jefferson Davis <laughs> and somebody who adheres self-righteously to you know the book written two thousand years ago by people who didn't know. That's right. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, his full name, at least you don't know, his full name is uh, Jefferson Beauregard <laughs> Sessions. Yeah. You could see him in that, that Looney Tunes cartoon with the dog. Oh, Magnolia. <laughs> I, uh, I understand. The plantation owner. Just as we're starting to record the show, Al Franken is asking him questions, and it's going very, very well for Al Franken. Which I'm glad to hear. Al Franken's letting him have it, apparently. Just to, to, looking him right in the face and saying, basically saying, hey, you know, look. Uh, are, are, you, are you going to uphold laws that pertain to, you know, the Civil Rights Act and Voting Rights Act and things like that? I don't know what he's saying because I, I'm not watching the, the confirmation hearings right now. But I imagine it's not a favorable response from uh, Mr. Sessions. I mean, it's like, I mean, talk about the polar opposite. The previous sort of iconic Obama-era attorney general was Eric Holder. <laughs> Jeff Sessions is the bizarro Eric Holder. Jeff Sessions is exactly the opposite in every way, shape, and form of, of Eric Holder. And I guess that's yeah. music. And he's a guy, he's a guy also who's been he's been considered a a you know someone who was a little bit too strident in his christianity even for the republican party yeah. and so he's never really gotten his due he's been, and that's i think that's one of the reasons why trump likes him so much <laughs> right you know and he's somebody who supported trump of course from the beginning because when you think of you know good christian 
uh, men and women in this country, you immediately think of Trump. Now, there is a chance, there's a very, very, very small chance that Jeff Session isn't going to be confirmed. He wasn't confirmed. He was nominated for, I forget exactly what the post was during the uh, uh, Reagan years. He was nominated there, but wasn't confirmed at all. And for good reason. But he's likely to be confirmed now. I mean, the split in the Senate is 52-48. All they need is a simple majority to confirm all of Trump's people. And the Republicans have the numbers. Thanks, Democratic voters, for not uh, supporting down-ballot races. But, you know, what can you do now? But you know what? I mean... Bernie is still the face of the party. I don't know if you you know that because uh, obviously CNN gave him a bunch of airtime that he didn't fucking deserve. Yeah, what, he had a town hall last night? Yeah, he had a fucking town hall. He had a town hall. Yeah, you know. You know what? Stop talking to Bernie. He he got us here. Here's the thing, though. He had a, uh, he made a really good point. I I forget where it was. Oh, it was on the Rachel Maddow show uh, last week. Uh, Bernie Sanders said, hey. Look, if if you don't want millions of young voters to support your cause, please shove me out of the game. <laughs> Make sure I'm out of the loop. That's kind of what Bernie said, and and you know what? I can't I can't disagree with that. I think you know. Look, the primaries yeah, but, were. But it doesn't matter because the young voters are still not going to care. And you know what? Here's the thing: the further to the left the Democratic Party moves, if they go really far left, they're going to lose. They're going to lose hard. That's all there is to it. There are too many people in this country who are conservative. I realize that this goes against whatever this goddamn stupid dogma is uh, that so many on the far left have now, that the reason the Democrats lost is that, you know, oh, they they didn't embrace us and they should have. And no, 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 no. The reason why centrist Democrats always win is that there are enough. You have to fight for the people in the middle. You have to fight for uh, you have to fight for the independents. And that's how you win. But I, you know what? Here's the thing, though. I think in a head-to-head matchup between Bernie and Trump, and I'm not saying, and again, this is just, this is all, this is not, I'm not trying to be revisionist here. I'm just gaming out different scenarios. In a head-to-head between Bernie and Trump, where they're basically talking about similar messages, but with solutions that are very, very different. Uh, and in fact, polar opposite. Um, I think Bernie could have picked off a lot of those independent voters. In fact, I mean, Hillary Clinton had a lot of trouble in the primaries with independent voters that Bernie Sanders was able to get to switch over to the Democratic Party. Party. I think there's a big advantage there. And of course, this is all, all extraordinarily speculative. Because what would have, what would have happened is that, is I get, I get that everything's I mean, up for grabs that we have no idea what really would have happened because it's all crazy at this point. Oh, sure. Knows? Sure. Can, I mean, you can anticipate anything. No one knows what is, would have happened between the conventions and election day. But That's there a big is question no mark. Denying the, the kind of opposition research file has been made public that the Republicans had on Sanders and what they were going to do with it. Oh, yeah. uh, they were going to paint him as, you know, all of that stuff that nobody touched him with. Mm. The Republicans didn't touch him because they wanted to use him against Clinton. Clinton didn't touch it because she needed his voters. Yeah. Nobody brought up all of this from Bernie's past that the Republicans could have brought up and could have hamstrung him. I think this is the only... Uh, observation i'd like to make about this kind of uh it's not revisionist but sort of this alternative history of let's say it was uh it was bernie sanders who was the nominee and he was up against donald trump you got to take out everything that would have happened between the the nomination and election day because those are all big qu- we don't know exactly whether you know we know that donald trump and the republicans had a hefty uh, opposition file on bernie sanders and we know they would have used it how it would have impacted the election we it's it's all speculative but 
if you look, if you boil it all down to the numbers on election day alone, let's let's go to the hardest and coldest. Um, reality that we can grapple onto with regard to the election. What we know is on that on election day, Jill Stein's numbers swung the election to Donald Trump. Yes, they did. And, and if even half of Jill Stein's voters had voted for Bernie, so let's say let's say half of the left voted for Jill Stein, half voted for Democratic nominee Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders would have won the election. If you just look at the math. On the day, the, the the vote totals on the day, especially in Wisconsin, uh, uh, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, Bernie Sanders, if you assume, and this is a big assumption, if you assume that Bernie Sanders had gotten all those votes that Jill Stein had received, or even if you take half of them, he still would have come out on top. Um, and we would have been talking about possibly president-elect Bernie Sanders. But, however, and again, the... This is so speculative. We don't know how Bernie Sanders would have done in other states. Would other states have swung differently with this new paradigm of two populist outsiders running against each other in the presidential election? We don't know. So it's, it's all just it's all really a big question mark. But uh, I can't help but to go back to those those votes because Hillary Clinton lost the election by cumulatively among those three states, 80,000 votes. It's hardly anything. It's a drop in the bucket. It's less than the the uh, the capacity of the Ohio State Buckeyes football stadium. I mean, that's how small it is, and it's almost frustrating to to look at it in that way. But we have so much to talk about. And and speaking of the Democrats, Barack Obama's delivering his his farewell address tonight, which is one of the reasons I played uh, just a little bit of nostalgia. Uh, his victory speech from 2012, which was. Uh, uh, quite pulse pounding as most of his speeches were. And the one thing I wanted to observe, um, and this also dovetails nicely with our Bernie Sanders discussion, uh, which is this. As I'm watching all of these retrospective videos, I'm sure you've seen some of them, Chaz, coming yeah. down, looking back at the at the Obama years. They're sort of wistful and and uh, exciting to look at and, and a little bit sad and because of what's happened now. Uh, but as I'm watching this and seeing the reactions to them on the left to these videos, I can't help but to sit here and go, Ugh. just the Napoleon Dynamite sigh again, where I go, where were all these people during his actual presidency? I mean, they abandoned him in 2010 in those midterms. They abandoned him again in 2014 in those midterms. Where were they? They were, you know what they were doing? It was just, it was uncanny. I voted for Barack Obama, but boy, has he disappointed me. Yeah. Barack Obama, such a disappointment. Yep. No. Yep. Mm. Now we you know. Still, you still got that, uh, you know, that butthurt article from Cornell West that I think turned up in. Was it The Guardian or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where he's, oh, the, the legacy of Brother Obama. <sighs> Shut Jesus. up. up, you whiny little bitch. And so, uh, you know, we have a bunch of people perpetually disappointed in Barack Obama through all those years, and now we get this. <sighs> now we know. Now we know, after it's too late, what a real president looks like. What a real president does and how a real president behaves. I think more so than any other president we've seen in our lifetimes, the the uh, rose-colored glasses of hindsight mm -hmm. are going to be just extraordinary for Obama. Oh, I yeah. think it's going to be, oh, my God, why, why? Why did we not, you know, why did we not love him when we had the chance? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, we could have given him carte blanche throughout his presidency. He certainly had the political capital himself to to build upon that. But what we did is we listened to, and I'm, I'm saying we, not including us, <laughs> the other we, those other people we were just talking about, uh, listening to Ed Schultz, for example, in 2010. Who's exactly. like, you know, I want to know what you think, America, but well, here's what I think. I'm not voting in 2010. Right, and we all know where Ed Schultz is now. Right. On RT, of course. <laughs> right, on RT. The RT network. Yeah, how's it mm. feel sucking Putin's head? <laughs> right. <sighs> China! Yep. That's where we are. We are uh, in a place where I think a lot of people who sat on their hands and went, <sighs> so disappointed. Barack Obama's making me yeah. didn't didn't give me a unicorn of my very own. That's it exactly. Mm. That's it exactly. It's you know, you know what he just yeah. I didn't get it. I didn't get every single thing that I wanted. I wasn't inspired twenty four seven. That's right. Instead, you know what we got? We got this. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh, I don't remember. And this is something we're going to talk about on the show today because uh, because Meryl Streep brought it up at the Golden Globe Sunday night. And I just want to make an observation about that. Um, she didn't mention politics at all. In fact, she didn't even mention Donald Trump by name. I noticed that very distinctly. She never said the word Trump. She merely referenced no, she, didn't. she merely referenced a point of etiquette and decency, which is to criticize Donald Trump's mocking of reporter Serge Kovaleski. You know, we all know the uh, I don't list. know what I said. Uh, I don't remember. Right. Which is very obviously Donald Trump mocking Serge Kovaleski. Of uh, course it was. Right. And so <laughs> this is the topic of Meryl Streep's uh, rant on uh, during the Golden Globes, which I thought was fully appropriate. I thought Donald Trump fully deserved it. I, of course, you know, we can all talk about Hollywood and, and some of Hollywood's hypocrisy. They're just as they've got their same hypocrisies like we all do. Of course they do. They were the same people who booed Michael Moore when he oppo- opposed the Iraq war in whatever it was, the uh, the uh, uh, Oscars of 20, uh, was it uh, 2003 or was it 2000? I don't remember exactly. It was 03 or 04. Mm-hmm. And they all booed him and like, oh, what's what's he doing talking about orange alerts? Yeah, don't don't be controversial, Michael Moore. And then uh, and and then they were cheering on uh, Meryl Streep uh, Sunday night, which again, fine, great. I mean, look, I'm not turning away any help <laughs> as far as opposing Donald Trump. Like, for example. Um, normally I would have been like, Hmm, today, uh, the, the news came down during the Jeff Sessions hearings. There, apparently some protesters were in the hearings dressed as, uh, clan members <laughs> dressed in clan robes saying, you can't arrest us. We're white, which I thought was awesome. Normally I would go, Hmm, I don't know. Um, it would have made me a little bit uncomfortable, but now again, we need, it's all hands on deck everybody's got to suit up for this one and I don't care how they do it or what they do. It's, it's mandatory that, uh, that we try to do whatever we can to block the ability of the Republicans in the Trump administration to do business. And whether that means flooding their phones or flooding their email inboxes or doing like the NAACP did with Jeff Sessions is just do a sit in in their office. Yeah, but okay, we're going to talk about uh, Donald Trump's latest tweets, including his uh, counterattack against uh, Meryl Streep. And look, before we get into it, we're going to take a break before we do. But uh, I I just want to make it clear that I am aware 
that it's entirely possible that Donald Trump and the people who surround him are now weaponizing his Twitter account. Of course they are. To keep us off the trail, to distract us with little nuggets of bullshit. And and this is part of the strategy. I think maybe, but we can't we can't ignore it. We can't ignore the pre- the, the the words of the president elect. Right, because it just the thing is, it has to not uh, not completely dominate the news cycle because there are other far more important things. So we're going to talk about some very important things, but we are also going to you know cover what Donald Trump says on Twitter, which I think is vastly vastly important. And uh, he had some doozies over the last couple of days. No, nothing big today uh, that I know of, but. You know, uh, over the last couple of days, certainly you responded to Meryl Streep, and it was a really funny one about uh, Rupert Murdoch. We're going to talk about that right after we talk about Harry's Razors. You know, I'm back to uh, just really, really loving the uh, the ease at which I, I shave every day using Harry's Razors. It's that it's one of those experiences where. It, it, it's so smooth, it, it almost feels like, and I talked about this last week, almost feels like there's no blades in the razor. That's how easily the uh, Harry's blades, the five-blade German engineering glides right over your skin. It doesn't matter whether you're a guy or a woman uh, who uh, shaves your armpits or, or legs, but as a guy, I want the smoothest shave possible on my face. Otherwise, it's razor burn city for me, and I don't like that, and it looks, looks kind of gross. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of their customers. So Jeff and Andy at Harry's, two ordinary guys who were fed up with getting ripped off, started Harry's Razors to fix shaving. And damn, they did a fine job. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory by taking less profit and selling directly to you over the internet. Harry's offers their blades at half the price. Just $2 a blade compared to $4 or more you'll pay at the drugstore or one of the big box stores. Well, so what do you get with Harry's razors? Harry's includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave like the one I get every damn day. It's got a weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades with lubricating strip, and a trimmer blade for getting those hard-to-reach areas, rich lathering shave gel, uh, travel blade cover, and, by the way, exclusive offer just for you. All right, Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades, they want to try their shave set. They want you to try their shave set for free. You heard that right. Just cover shipping when you sign up. Plus, as a special offer uh, for fans of the show, go to harrys.com right now, enter the code B-A-N-D-C at checkout, and get a post-shave bomb also for free. That's harrys.com, the promo code B-A-N-D-C. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. You can kind of always tell when we get brand new Harry's copy, because I'm like, I suddenly can't read. All right, uh, getting back into it here, Donald Trump took the bait, responded to Meryl Streep, uh, of course, wrote here uh, on Twitter, Meryl Streep, one of the most overrated actresses in Hollywood. Now, Ben. Don't con me. See, now you know he's just making crap up. Of course he is. What's funny is that Richard <laughs> Roper called that. I mean, within like seconds of of uh, of the speech, oh, he, yeah. I think he fired off a tweet that was uh, 
um, you know, that was supposed to be Donald Trump, and he called her overrated. Yeah, yeah. As she, he, he also said, uh, she doesn't know me, but attacked last night at the Golden Globes. She is a dot, 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 Hillary flunky who lost big. Uh, now, Biff. For the hundredth time, I never, quote, unquote, mocked a disabled reporter. Would never do that. Bullshit, of course you did, you lying piece of crap. <laughs> Jesus, God. But that simply showed him... I don't know what that means. Dot, 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 dot. Quote, unquote, groveling when he totally changed a 16-year-old story that he had written in order to make me look bad. Just more very dishonest media. What a bunch of bullshit. The, uh, the, <laughs> you know, the post fact checker yeah. went through and basically shot down every single thing that he said. I that, mean, they in detail. They're like, they, they talked to Kovaleski. They explained what Trump said. They explained what Kovaleski wrote. Yeah. I mean, it just, just, he, he's just so easy yeah. to pick apart yeah and that's you know it's that easiness it's that easy to incite behavior of his that is uh especially terrifying i mean of course it is the other and he has we, no self-control he has no impulse control right and, and in fact i wrote something for uh salon today um, where we, I, I talked about Mitch McConnell's remarks. He was talking about the, how the Democrats need to get over the election. I want to talk about this more in depth in just a second in terms of this idea of Democrats, just get over this election. Why are you so, why are you so bent out of shape over this election? Just get over it. There's a reason. There's a very specific reason, and it has to do with Donald Trump's. It's, it has almost everything to do with Donald Trump's erratic behavior. We'll get to that in just a second. But what I also don't understand is how Republicans get to continue to bust on Hollywood after electing the host of Celebrity Apprentice. Because that's honestly because it's just more of their hypocrisy. You're talking about, you know, it's the same. What we talked about last week where, you know, McConnell gets up there and, and, yeah. and says that the American people won't tolerate the very thing that they've been doing for months and we're planning to keep on doing. Right. In terms of his uh, in terms of blocking a Supreme Court uh, nominee. Exactly. Now, I mean, they're just they're incapable. They're shameless. Yeah. They're incapable of feeling any kind of incapable of, of spotting their own hypocrisy. And God knows Trump has really, really let them loose yeah know, he's really cranked up the republican id so yeah no they they just they, they, you point out things like that to them and, and it just doesn't matter it doesn't register well i have something to say too uh, about everyone who said that uh uh that it was meryl streep's speech that uh, elected donald trump fuck that fuck that absolutely fuck that and here's why okay if you're saying that you're you're making the case that your vote was it to elect this erratic maniac to be president of the United States because you don't like Hollywood actors talking about politics. So your reaction is to elect a TV star to be president of the United States. What the fuck is wrong with you? This is now how we further the future of the Republic by electing TV stars in protest of Hollywood actors talking about politics, does that make any sense whatsoever in any universe? No. 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 Furthermore, <laughs> screw you. I mean, for God's sake. The, and, and now I want to get into the topic of what I wrote in Salon, which is basically like, you have begged for an utter and total disaster. Why? Well, apparently because of Meryl Streep. And other Hollywood actors, you you have begged this ongoing nightmare, this unpredictable hack 
this unqualified maniac to be president of the United States. And therein lies why, why Republicans, Democrats, people who don't like Donald Trump, who are afraid of what Donald Trump is going to do. This justifies why. And it is the simple idea that no one knows how he's going to govern. Exactly. We don't know how he's going to behave in in an international crisis. It's entirely possible that everything will go like it normally goes. But that's only a small possibility. The greater possibility is gigantic question mark. How is Donald Trump going to be? What if there's a Cuban Missile Crisis type scenario? Yeah. What if there's a 9-11 type scenario? I mean, that's, see, that's the thing that's, that's waking that's me up. That's terrifying. And by yeah. the way, you know, the thing to keep in mind here is you know very well that every enemy of the United States, he is this fucking buffoon, has given <laughs> every enemy of the United States a very public roadmap yeah. for how to goad him, how to make him do something stupid. Yeah. And they're going to do it. They're going to, you know, this uh, something we said uh, early on, you know, like the, the best you can do is crush your fingers and hope that somehow we have four years without a Trump, insp- without, put it this way, without a Trump inspired disaster from within, meaning, you know what, he just, he screws up and it's a da- daily cavalcade of, uh, of corruption and that kind of thing. Yeah, like Bush uh, th- 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 year th- th- one. There's not basically. some kind of like a terrorist attack or something, he, something big that he has to handle, something yeah. big and unexpected. Yeah, it but could be. Not gonna, but that's not going to happen because yeah. terrorists, you know, if I were ISIS and I'm sitting over there right now, I already know the smartest thing to do, attack, yeah. plan something now, that's make right. sure something big happens. Because the because when you do that, that's what's going to draw him out. Yeah. And that's when he's going to do something truly, truly stupid. Right. And the overreaction will be a, the, the best recruitment tool that ISIS could ever want. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what's that's what's terrifying. Again, we don't know. It's the not knowing that makes everyone so afraid. It's like this low frequency sense of panic that we're all walking around with. It's a sense of dread, and it's not. He's not any ordinary generic Republican who's coming in with their you know by the book Republican policy proposals. Well, there is. A little bit of that. I mean, obviously, we're talking about defunding Planned Parenthood. We're talking about yeah. repealing Obamacare. We're talking about all kinds of terror, building the stupid wall and deporting Mexicans and all that crap. But on top of that, it's it's surrounded by this mystery meat. We have no idea how he'll behave in a 9-11 scenario, for example. And I, I want to get into that for a second because... That's what's truly terrifying to me. That's what's waking me up at three o'clock in the morning is the idea of a 9-11 style a terrorist attack. Maybe not something of that scale, but something close, somewhere in the range of something of that magnitude. Yeah. Can you imagine then Donald Trump with George W. Bush's approval numbers after 9-11? I mean, that's what's horrifying. It's the terrorist attack, obviously, the loss of life and the disaster itself. But then the aftermath, where everyone goes, well, I guess we got to rally around President Trump. Right. Which is is hilarious because... we all know that if there were a massive terrorist attack, if there had been a massive terrorist attack yep. on Obama's watch, nobody would have. Oh, no. The Republicans would have spent the entire time blaming him, calling for his impeachment, impeachment. trying to get him thrown out of office yep. because we're past the point when when something big happens on a Republican on a Republican's watch that uh, we are expected to all come together. And it's unpatriotic if you don't. When something bad happens on a Democrat's watch, you just know, because I'm waiting for it, it's going to be 
disastrous. We've already seen it. We've already, you know, we already saw every example we could oh, yeah. over the past yeah. eight years with Obama. Well, I mean, what more do you need? I mean, there was Sandy Hook in there. There was the Boston Marathon bombing yeah. in there. Did, did, did Americans rally around President Obama? I mean, for God's sake, the Russians hacked our election. Exactly. Exactly. That's <laughs> it. Exactly. That is the perfect example. The Russians influenced our election. Yeah. And instead of everyone coming together behind Obama, who's the president of the United States, and saying, holy shit, this is, you know, we have been, we have been attacked from outside That's right. by a hostile foreign power. Yeah. You have Republicans siding with the Russians. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's, it's just like, oh. In an I attack against, against our, in, a, in, a, in an attack against the, the very thing that makes us who we are. And an attack against our election. And even though there's no indication that they hacked the voting machines or anything like that, they hacked the election itself. The campaign itself was irreparably skewed because of the uh, the hacking of those emails and then the, how the hacking was drip, drip, dripped out of uh, WikiLeaks and filtered into the press when the press will take whatever they can get their hands on in order to formulate a both sides thing where Donald Trump is doing all these terrible things. Oh, but we've got this negative Hillary story over here because of the Podesta emails or because of the DNC emails. So that offered the press an excuse to hammer that crap, even though it was only, in terms of its importance, only a mere fraction of the, 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 the cavalcade of horrors that we were watching on the Donald Trump side. And that managed to skew hearts and minds enough to swing this election. And if you can't see this, you're no better than stupid idiot Biff Tannen in the White House. Now, Biff, don't con me. That's right. But of course he will. Oh, Jesus Christ. Speaking of cons, we're going to talk about Chuck C. We haven't talked about Chuck C. Johnson in a while, but he's back in the news. And for the most horrifying reasons possible, that story and more right after these words. Hello, it's Bob to tell you about our Patreon page. You might be asking yourself, what the hell is a Patreon page? It's a website where you can help support our podcast by donating money to the show. You can sign up for $1, $5, $10, or $15 per month, or if you're filthy rich, you can sign up for more. In exchange, we'll bring you exclusive Patreon-only content like our post-mortem shows, memberships to the after-party, and commercial-free, unbleeped versions of our free show. And if we reach our crowdfunding goal, we'll bring you new shows every weekday. That's patreon.com slash bobandchez, or click the Patreon link at bobseska.com. Let's do this thing. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Uh, Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Right. And if you really, 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 really want to support the show, make sure to use the bobseska.com Amazon link. If you shop at Amazon, enter the site using our link just beneath the logo at bobseska.com, and we get a small commission from everything you buy at amazon.com. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. So thank you for doing that. We're a little bit behind the curve, which I, I kind of expected for January. It's the month after the holidays, and we can never duplicate what happens in December. But certainly, if you, uh, if you want to go shopping, make sure to go shopping through our Amazon link. All right, moving along here. Um, okay, so Chuck C. Johnson is back in the news. Chuck C. Jo- Hack fraud Chuck C. Johnson. 
As we all know, uh, who follow this show, Chuck C. Johnson is, uh, he's one of these internet trolls who somehow keeps turning up. He keeps popping back into play, even though they keep uh, uh, banning him from Twitter and banning him from Facebook. And meanwhile, you know, his history, he's uh, hes doxxed people and gone after, uh, I would say, uh, people we uh, describe as non-combatants and so on. Just the most vile human being on the planet and his his website i don't even remember what it's what was his website got news yeah was one of the early which uh, was just which was just absolute crap it yeah just not just yeah before before fake news was even a thing he <laughs> right just, it was a non-stop geyser of bull news everything he said was wrong yeah everything when he had whenever he quote unquote broke a big story you knew it was bull yeah, and, and for those of you who are just joining us, here's sort of a little bit background on uh, Chuck C. Johnson. I always wanted to be an internet journalist, but I kept failing. Then I learned how to abandon my integrity and sense of good judgment, and now I'm a real internet journalist, thanks to the Chuck C. Johnson School of Hack Fraud Journalism! That's right. At the Chuck C. Johnson School of Hack Fraud Journalism, you'll attend a series of informative, co- informative courses based on the hack fraud journalism techniques perfected by hack fraud conservative blogger Chuck C. Johnson. The Chuck C. Johnson School of Hack Fraud Journalism taught me how to publicly expose the names of rape victims. I used to be a thoughtful writer who cared about accuracy. After attending the Chuck C. Johnson School of Hack Fraud Journalism, I'm a reckless asshole. F- accuracy in the mouth. Enroll today and begin attending one of our many hack fraud journalism courses, such as F- The Facts 101, It's Good to Be Wrong All the Time. How to get your readers to pay you to do your reporting for you. Doxing the innocent. Slut shaming the innocent. Race baiting and gay shaming is totally newsworthy. When in doubt, sue everyone. Chuck C. Johnson is a and so can you. Blurting stupid on Twitter. Clickbait is the only thing. Bio 10. You know what's funny? Toxic shock syndrome. Disruption dungeon. And toilet habits 100. Go ahead and shit on that floor. I shit all over the fucking floor, just like Chuck C. Johnson. I'm on the floor right now. Tomorrow, I'm suing LittleGreenFootballs.com for saying mean things about me on Twitter. Right you are. Enroll today at the Chuck C. Johnson School of Hack Fraud Journalism. And for 10 easy tuition payments of $400,000, you too can learn from the master of hack fraud journalism, Chuck C. Johnson. Call 1-800-HACK-FRAUD and leave off the last D for head. Hack Fraud Chuck C. Johnson is not to be confused with good guy blogger Charles Jones. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Sign up today. Uh, so Chuck C. Johnson is uh, advising the Trump transition. And there it is again. It's not just Trump. It's everything that he has brought with him. Yep. It's all of these. It's all of these Pepe the Frog lunatics that he has given <laughs> sanction to. Forbes reports that famed internet troll Chuck C. Johnson, banned from Twitter for doxing women and harassing everyone he can online, is working with the Trump transition to recommend people for the White House team from the ranks of the alt-right. You know, the neo-Nazis. Here's a taste of what he was doing before taking on his uh, very important troll status via Little Green Footballs. Johnson, of course, is well known for harassing and outing rape victims, outing Ebola victims, hanging out with white supremacists, and uh, writing for white nationalist sites like Taki Mag or Taki Mag. Oh, our friends at Taki Mag. <laughs> Are you, <laughs> Jez, do you remember Taki Mag? Uh, I can't remember. Well, there was that guy who was after me, and he kept emailing us for comment about something that I uh, I oh, wrote. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. Ta- Tacky Mag, yeah, right. it was it was that guy. 
and VDARE, and a host of other uh, vile far-right activities, and is notorious for threatening to sue anyone and everyone who criticizes, criticizes him. Multiple sources inside the transition team confirmed that, quote, he is working behind the scenes with members of the transition team's executive committee, including billionaire Trump donor Peter Thiel, to, to recommend, vet, and give something of a seal of approval to potential nominees from the so-called alt-right I guess we know where his funding came from for his various ventures ahead of Trump's election now. Peter Thiel loves uh, posters like Johnson, and he's certainly simpatico with his hero. Uh, Johnson, who boldly predicted against uh, conventional wisdom in polls that Trump would win, and who was spotted in the VIP section at Trump's election night party, began working with the transition team shortly after November 8. Um, This is all so, so bad. So bad. This guy was on his way out. This guy was on a, a one-track uh, 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 railway to obscurity. I mean, he was just being systematically beaten down, rightfully so, uh, getting banned on Twitter, getting banned on Facebook, just getting ridiculed for the uh, the hack fraud that he is. And, uh, and now he's, because Trump gets elected, now he's back. And now he's in a place of influence in the Trump transition. And I have no reason to believe that this story uh, from Forbes via Carolee Coombs at uh, Crooks and Liars is in any way false. This is absolutely going on. (laughs) And it's frightening. I mean, just Peter Thiel alone is frightening. Peter Thiel alone. Like, talk about someone who hates journalists, who has famously uh, spent millions of dollars to support Hulk Hogan's lawsuit against uh, Gawker. And and basically destroyed Gawker yeah, as a result. But you know, Gawker were the bad guys. <laughs> Gawker were the bad guys. Yeah, that's right. So meanwhile, never the- mind that Peter Thiel just gave uh, everyone rich assholes everywhere, including Donald Trump, a, a you know a, a blueprint on how to take down a troublesome media outlets. Yep, that's exactly right. So. Here we have uh, Donald Trump working with Peter Thiel, working with Chuck C. Johnson. You know what? Uh, you know, I just keep got. I, I have to say it. I have to say this as often as possible. Voting matters, for God's sake. <laughs> we're and we're about to learn through these confirmation hearings why down ballot races and midterms are also important. But yet, you know, I I mean, one of those sort of cup half empty uh, moods today. And I just, I don't think that the left will be able to pull it off for the midterms in two years. I really hope they do. I really hope they turn out and vote in record numbers in the midterms and get us back uh, some sort of system of checks and balances back in in Congress, get some sort of Democratic majority in in one or both chambers, though it's very, very unlikely. I, you know, and I wish I could uh, be more positive about the prospects, but it just in, in the past, it just hasn't worked out. The only time it really worked out well was in 2006, and it required two wars and one of those yeah. wars to be horrifically failing in order for the left to finally get out and uh, and, and win back uh, the Congress. <laughs> so <laughs> happy new year, folks. Uh, we're going to take one last break and continue with the show after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. 
We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yeah, welcome back to our Tuesday show. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for supporting the show at Patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. Really, really appreciate it. All right. So I guess the latest news about Obamacare is Paul Ryan is now pushing for simultaneous repeal and replace. So what this actually means is if... I, you know, I don't know specifically what it means, but it, it means that if they're going to replace it and, and repeal it at the same time, then it's going to take much longer than, uh, than anyone's expecting. I mean, remember, in order to pass Obamacare, that process began in what well, was it, right after the stimulus. So it was early uh, 2009. Obamacare wasn't signed until I think it was March, right at the beginning of March 2010. So it took almost a year to to write and pass Obamacare, and it like it hung by a thread most of the time. I mean, it was about to go away at any second. So, and what we also know is that there are some Republicans who might defect from the repeal process unless they have a replacement ready to go. So it seems like. And I maybe I'm you know I ended the last segment in complete pessimism, but my optimistic point of view right now is that um, this is going to be much more challenging than I think the Republicans ever ever anticipated. Of course, yeah. And be, and again, the only reason they're doing this, all, the only reason they're spending all of this political capital to do this thing because it's got Obama's name on it. Exactly. Because they hate Obama. Obama. I mean, there's only the goal is to erase Obama. And it, 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 what it comes down to is this, it comes down to the Republicans believe that they are entitled to power. They believe that the, the default setting in this country is that they have complete control. And when they don't, that person is illegitimate. That person is a pretender. That person has no right to be there the way that they do. And so the first chance they get and this didn't obviously didn't used to be this way but the first chance they get they're they're going to especially with obama especially with someone as popular as powerful you know somebody who who was in office for eight years who Mm -hmm. accomplished so much their goal is to just strike his name from monuments so to speak oh exactly you know his name will be stricken from the record and he will be banished yeah we talked about this last week it's a matter of erasing obama from history (laughs) another back to the future reference but that's what they're doing they get rid of Obamacare and replace it with something probably similar because there's nothing else really they can do. Um, well, I guess there is. They could do something horrible, which would be some sort of ridiculous uh, mishmash of tax credits and or vouchers or something. 
And meanwhile, Paul Ryan wants to replace Medicare with basically Obamacare. I think we've talked about this, where (laughs) Paul Ryan wants to make Medicare uh, into private insurance with tax subsidies, (laughs) which is Obamacare. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, we have no idea. We have no idea what their plan is going to be. They haven't announced a single plan, a single idea for how to replace Obamacare. No one knows. No one knows. And the fact is that even in a repeal and replace process, the health insurance companies could all go, hey, you know what? Right. F*** you. We're out of the individual marketplace. We're not even going to offer individual plans anymore, so don't make us because we're not going to do it. So don't even bother. So that's, that's when people like uh, Chez and I lose our insurance. You know, it might not be even a, a repeal scenario. They mm-hmm. may just say, you know what? It's not even worth the hassle. We're just getting out of the market, which they can entirely, completely legal to do that. They say, we're done. And, uh, and then millions of people are screwed. That's how the number goes, by the way, from 20 million people losing their insurance to closer to 40 million people losing their insurance. Yeah. Because once, <laughs> you, once they bail out of that individual marketplace, it doesn't even require a repeal of the law or rolling back all of the marketplaces or defunding it. All it requires is to say, hey, you know what? This isn't even worth it anymore. Bye. Bye. And they're out. So um, on a lighter note, on a lighter note, and this is going back to uh, our discussion about Hollywood. Um, <laughs> this is a weird thing. I don't know even know how to get into this without, uh, without name dropping. But um, not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, I'm going through my follows. This is maybe three weeks ago. I'm going through my follows on Twitter. And I know... <laughs> And I noticed that now Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, is following me on Twitter, which is just insane. And then he starts like retweeting stuff I like that I'm how writing. You had to, I like how you had to uh, you had to specify which Mark Hamill was that we're talking about. As the, if the Luke Mark Sky- Hamill, the guy, he's a mechanic. He works up the street for me. He does awesome work on my car. That's right. That's right. He's he's excellent. He's an excellent mechanic, and he just happens to have the same name as the guy who played Luke Skywalker. So I want to be perfectly clear. It's also important to mention that Mark Hamill is also the voice of the Joker in a lot of the animated Batman uh, television shows and movies. And in the the game, I believe. And in in the game. Yep. And uh, he's basically, apart from Jack Nicholson and and Heath Ledger, he's like maybe the third best known performer to play uh, to play the Joker. In uh, in cinema and screen, so uh, Mark Hamill is now doing Trump tweets. He's reading Trump tweets as the Joker. It is great, which is perfect. I I just I love this because uh, for many reasons, one of which being I've been observing that Donald Trump is like a cartoon supervillain for for some time now, and this is like the perfect illustration of of that metaphor. Here's Mark Hamill as the Joker reading uh, Donald Trump's New Year's Eve tweet. Happy New Year to all, including to my many enemies and those who have fought me and lost so badly. (laughs) They just don't know what to do. That was awesome. I, and I love especially the performance of the word love. Because, you know, yeah, Donald yeah. Trump finished that tweet by just saying, love! And and that's how he decided. He just <laughs> did it the uh, long, sinister, breathy Joker read of uh, 
of love. So that was really good. Um, okay, so also, I wanted to talk about this right here at the end of the show. And it's something that we don't we don't often do this, but sometimes I get a, uh, a letter from a reader that I just, I, I have to share on the show because it, it's one of those things that when I see notes like this, and um, I'm dealing with all kinds of frustration and stress and, and trying to, to get the show together and deal with all of the Trump things and deal with all the news and, and, and uh, all of the, uh, the fears and trepidation that surround the incoming Trump administration. When I get a letter like this, it, it makes uh, both of us feel better, <laughs> way better about what it is we do. And that's not the idea necessarily, but it, it makes us want to uh, do a better job. And to uh, to work even harder uh, for our listeners and to to make a better show. So we'll just, just dive in with this. Letters. It's an actual letter. This is a good one. So I got this letter from uh, listener John Sandful, and it was one of these notes that uh, I, when I read it, I got I got a little choked up. I have to admit, because this was really touching to me. Uh, John writes here, uh, Bob, a moment of frank talk. And when I saw that, I went, "Uh oh," <laughs> just because I'm paranoid. But it started off, uh, Bob, a moment of frank talk. First off, I don't know you personally, but I love you as a brother. You've brought me so much joy. As well as you and Chez have created a productive outlet for me you to explain. Please, you have to respond by saying, Quillig, by Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you and Chez have created a productive outlet for me to express how I feel about the state of this country and the world. I've lived for your podcast every week. You have meant a lot to my weekly comings and goings. Today, <clears throat> I was diagnosed with cancer, uh, lymphoma to be exact. I will find out soon how tough the road ahead will be. I won't do it alone as my wife and daughter and many friends are here to help. But knowing, knowing that I have your podcast to look forward to gives me a lot to live for. And then he puts a smiley face in there. Thanks for being there in ways that you may not, might not recognize, nor can I explain. Keeping me calm, making me laugh, and helping me realize that I'm not alone. Thanks for being a voice for those of us who care about a better community, better country, better world. Thank you and Chez a thousand times over. I'll be listening. It's very nice. Thank you, sir. Wonderful. Thank very you, John. Much, very much appreciate that. Sending uh, healing vibes your way, man. Really, really appreciate it. All right. I guess we can't. Uh, there's, no, there's no place else to go after we talk about a letter like that. And, uh, you know, um, there's no great formula. There's no great uh, world-changing goal of right. this show. This is ba- this, what this show is basically is uh, is me and Chez getting together and, and doing a political therapy session <laughs> several times a week. I'm not not for you necessarily, but for us. <laughs> this is so important. But but it's always wonderful to hear that it's actually having an effect and that it's actually meaningful to to other people. Because I mean. If it wasn't for anyone listening, there'd be no point in doing this. And I'm so glad that uh, we've been able to uh, to help you along and to help uh, people get through all this crap. Stick with us, and uh, we're going to do the best we can to uh, mainly try to guide ourselves, but we can also uh, help you along, too, as we uh, careen through the Trump years. The Trump years. 
Donald Trump's going to be the president. Yep. Donald Trump's going to be the president. All right, so uh, Barack Obama is still the president, at least for a few more days, delivering his farewell address tonight. I expect it will be quite good. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Definitely heartbreaking. (sighs) Seems like just yesterday we started through the the Obama years, and um, I never knew eight years ago that the backlash would be this swift, although The Onion kind of called it, didn't they? <laughs> they, yeah, they called and, it. Yeah, said, Republicans nominate a white-hot ball of rage. <laughs> right, which is exactly what happened. But I never expected it would be someone like Donald Trump. So, uh, like I've said before, you know, a guy falls down a hole, uh, his friend jumps in with him, friend says to the guy, hey, look, I know we're both down in the hole now, but I've been down here before and I know the way out. So uh, we've been through the Bush years. We know a little bit about how to deal with this, so stick with us and we'll do the best we can, okay? Yeah. Thanks, everybody. The Postmortem Show is up next. Patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. Sign up and listen now. Go do it now. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Uh, now, Biff.